0: This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover on AM 1170, The Answer. Educate for Life, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you, what you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at EducateForLife.com. Now in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover.
1: Bring your time and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you
0: know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me.
2: Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We are on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego every Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. I'd love to have you tune in. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. I I promised that I would have Dr. David Levy back uh, from uh, last week. We had a fantastic discussion. He's a neurosurgeon. He works on the on the brain, does a brain surgery. He uh, is a UCSD professor, and you can look him up on DrDLevy.com. He has a book called Gray Matter, and uh, he is a Bible-believing follower of Jesus, and uh, there's so many interesting things to talk about uh, from his perspective and the experiences he's had. Uh, he is endorsed by uh, Ben Carson. Yes, the presidential candidate Ben Carson has endorsed his book, uh, pretty phenomenal, uh, as well as he has all kinds of accolades and credentials, he, uh, he's an incredibly uh, uh, successful when it comes from the perspective of his experience in uh, neurosurgery and and so forth. Um, but last week we focused and and welcome back Dr. David Levy. Thank you for being oh, here. It's great to be here. Thanks, Kevin. Absolutely. I wanted to um, start off by sharing a, a story from your book, Gray Matter. Um, I I thought it was a really powerful story you know some people think hey what in the world are you doing praying for your patients is that really appropriate Uh, what if somebody doesn't want prayer and you actually include in here uh, a situation where that exact thing happened and uh, listen to this story I'm just gonna it's a little bit long but I think you'll find it very interesting and maybe it'll make you go out and buy the book Uh, this couple's response fit an interesting pattern. It is almost always the healthy partner who steps in and says no thanks to prayer. This is Dr. David Levy talking here about this situation. The person with the brain problem almost always welcomes prayer or at least tolerates it. One of the saddest episodes to take place in my exam room involved a devoutly atheistic family. Sally, and he's changed the names for, uh, you know, to protect the uh, identities of the people he's talking about here. But these are true stories. Sally, the elderly mother of the family, had denied the existence of God her entire life and raised her children to believe that God was a myth for weak-minded people. Now Sally had a degenerative brain disease that neither medicine nor surgery could correct. She was fragile and clearly approaching the end of her life. As our consultation concluded, I offered to pray for her. Sally's adult son and daughter virtually launched themselves between us. No, no, we don't believe that, the son exclaimed. They planted themselves next to their mother like bodyguards protecting her from imminent danger. But I could see that their mother was deeply torn. Sally had not turned down my offer. Her eyes pleaded with me in some unspoken way. A great sadness came over me. I'm asking her, I said calmly, trying to avoid an incident with her son. All three of us looked at their mother, but she wouldn't say anything. She doesn't believe that, the son repeated, as though he were trying to convince his mother of her own beliefs. The daughter chimed in as if to warn me off. She doesn't believe that. Sally sat there, uncertain, saying nothing. She seemed unbearably sad and clearly desired the hope she had detected in my offer. The four of us held our tense silence. Briefly, I considered asking Sally's children to leave the room, but that would have been too confrontational. Finally, there was nothing more to do or say. Okay, then let's go out to the front desk, I said. The old woman looked numb. Her children helped her get up and collect her things I led them silently, silently out of the room. But I was left with a hollow, chilled feeling. She had convinced her children that God did not exist. Now, probably in her final days, they were there to return the favor and make sure she did not stray from the family belief—the belief that there was nothing and no one outside our medical system to help her. Boy, I get choked up Ooh. just hearing that story. That—that <laughs> that, uh, is intense. I, you know, I talk about this all the time when I. Because I, 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 you know, debate atheists and so forth. And I just think, you know, I'd, I not only do I not think it's logically, does it not make sense that God doesn't exist? I wouldn't want it to be true. Mm. Uh, the lack of hope that mm. comes in a situation. I was telling you earlier, Dr. Levy, that um, there's a young student of mine who has a brain tumor right now. And Jesus is what's keeping him going. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that there's hope, there's a grand healer. Uh, the fact that there's hope. Of, of eternal life mm-hmm. uh, and that he's still going to get to be with his parents and his, his family and his loved even if God forbid even if he were to pass away um, what do you how do you respond to somebody who says hey I think you're making a mistake praying uh, there's likely you're going to do harm rather than good
3: well it certainly makes people who don't believe com- uncomfortable as far as physicians yeah. physicians who don't believe and there are a lot of them I mean I think the statistics are you know maybe 90% or more than 90% of the population believes in God or a higher power. But among physicians, it's only about 60%. So generally, the more educated you are, the more resources you have, the less likely you are to believe in God, which which is interesting. It actually makes sense according to brain science. That would actually... That would actually be logical.
2: Well, well, that's interesting because somebody out there might be listening, a skeptic and say, well, see there, that justifies my idea that God does not exist because Mm -hmm. the smarter people believe that, you know, less of them believe he exists. Uh, How how might you respond to that
3: thought? Well, the interesting thing about the brain is you get to decide what you want to believe Mm -hmm. and your brain makes it true for you. So as an academic, if you're in a a circle of people and, in working with people who uh, don't believe and yeah. for you to believe and to be considered perhaps simple or stupid or one of those or, or whatever deluded um, that would make you not want to believe. And so the, the question of course is, you know, is, is it true? Mm. And so ironically the brain will make true whatever you want to be true. The, mm. the people who flew their planes into the twin towers believe something enough to die for it. Mm. So it doesn't, now, the fact that they did that doesn't make it true. Sure. That they were doing a good thing. Obviously, it's very obvious to us that was evil. Yeah. But their, their brains made it look good because they wanted that. Their social circle wanted that. So I uh, just encourage people, look at your social circle. Do you want it to be true? Would it be good news for you if Jesus, in fact, did die for your sins? If he was the Messiah, if God came to earth uh, and, and wanted to help you, would that be good news for you? Because if it's not, then obviously you're going to be working against your brain to try to believe something and you're not going to, going to want to believe it.
2: Mm. Wow. That's, that's really very interesting. Um, so Dr. Levy, uh, you said in your book that the, this uh, basically journey that you've taken in praying for your patients has been phenomenal. It's, it's been amazing for you. Um, and I wanted to just get more into detail about that, about what exactly it is that's been phenomenal. And, uh, and yeah, just
3: really that. Sure. Well, I, I find that, um, people, if they were raised with a faith or if they currently have a faith, they oftentimes will, will want a prayer before their surgery that it quote can't hurt Mm -hmm. in in there. If they realize that, um, I'm sincere and also that I see them as a whole person. Yeah. They are not, it's not just physics and chemistry. I see them as a whole person. I see them, that they have more than just their physical body. And also the interesting fact that it's all of this is not in my control. There's a certain portion of this surgery. And the problem with, I guess, being a neurosurgeon is that somehow you want people to believe that you can control everything, but they actually have to sign a form that says (laughs) you can't. You can't. (laughs) But but basically the the difficulty is in saying, look, I, I don't control this. I'm very good at what I do. Now, that's the other thing. I'm very good at what I do. I don't control everything, but I actually know someone who can help in this situation. Would that be a blessing for you if we would if we would ask for God's favor on this? Yeah. Other words? Because, look, Jesus healed people and he walked away. He didn't stand... I'm not doing this to convert people, to badger them, to try to get them to believe what I believe. This is If this would be a blessing for you, I want to offer this to you. And I've seen so many people... Um, be so happy, so peaceful, without the valium, without uh, things that we usually give people. Try to settle them down before their surgery. That simple prayer uh, just is so,
2: reduces the anxiety levels
3: so much so that I consider it cruel not to offer someone prayer before surgery. Maybe because I'm worried about offending someone, but the the number of people that I'm going to benefit is is huge. It's going to be the you know five percent or below that we know statistically. Uh, you know, don't believe in God or a higher power, and that this would not, they would not want this. And but we're, you know, so worried about those vocal atheistic people that we're going to miss blessing a whole lot of people if we don't ask.
2: Yeah, yeah. You now
3: I, I I offer people a sleeping pill; they don't have to take it. Sure, but it's there if they want it. And I mm. see prayer is that way. It, you know, I can offer this to you in a way that I'm not going to be offended if you don't want it. Yeah. But I've also asked you something about your faith background, and you know, you know what might mean something to you. So. Uh, I I have an idea of what you might respond. And oftentimes I'll say, look, a lot of people do want a prayer before their surgery. If that's you, you can ask me for that prayer on the day of your surgery. That's great. So I'm not putting them on the spot. It's something I want their buy-in for. Um, And some ask and some don't.
2: That's amazing. Uh this is my guest is Dr. David Levy and uh he is a neurosurgeon, UCSD, he's also a professor. We're going to be right back and continue this conversation. We'll get into some more details about how faith impacts the brain and uh just your regular life. We'll be right back.
3: Creation Earth History Museum for our 10th Annual Museum Day Family Festival, Saturday, September 26th. Hi, this is Jason Payne, Museum Curator, and I want to personally invite you and your families to a free, fun-filled event, including new exhibits, testimonies from leading scientific experts, meet NASA astronaut Colonel Jeffrey Williams and many others, activities for the entire family. So join us Saturday, September 26th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Go online to learn more at creationsd.org or call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104.
4: Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans.
2: Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. You can also stream the show all around the world at am1170theanswer.com. My guest is Dr. David Levy. And he is a neurosurgeon, a brain surgeon, and uh, giving us all kinds of insight into the the uh, crossover with faith and and uh, surgery or faith and medicine. But as also, he prays for his clients, and he's seen or, or his his uh, the people he's going to be operating on, and it's had a tremendous impact. Now, this has not always been an easy thing for him. This is from his book Gray Matter. This is on page ninety four. And uh, he's actually here having a discussion with God. I thought this was a uh, it's pretty neat to see the inside of what's going on in your brain as you're trying to figure things out here. And uh, this is where God is kind of um, kind of confronting him because he's struggling with whether he should be praying for people or not. And he says here, I had to answer truthfully. I was afraid because I still valued what people would think or say about me and my reputation Stung, I argued back, but I don't want people to think that I'm one of those weirdos who go around praying for people. Good grief. I've worked for years to build a reputation in my field and in this hospital. You don't, and this is now God is talking back to him here. You don't want to be known as someone who goes around praying for people. The voice asked, that's right. I answered silently, but you do go around praying for people, don't you? The voice asked. And even though no one else could have heard our conversation, I actually turned red with shame Yes, but I don't want people thinking that I do was all I could respond. It was clear to me that God was calling me out of my lack, out for my lack of authenticity. Uh, can you
3: speak to that? Uh, yeah. Dr. Levy. Yeah. You know, authenticity is so, so important and but so hard in our culture to yeah. be, you know, to be who God designed you to be, to be mm-hmm. everything he designed you to be and to be. Uh, Not ashamed Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. that you pray or don't pray that you attend church or not, you know, whatever you're doing, uh, I guess it's called integrity to have the, um, what you say and what you do be, um, um, you know, the same.
2: Now, now uh, what's interesting is it's not just within, uh, you know, brain surgery that this is an issue. I mean, we've got uh, our our listeners, the people that are listening have careers and all over the, you know, encompass the whole spectrum And I know for me, this is uh, even, uh, you know, I have a broker's license. I have a real estate broker's license. My wife does property management. But back when I did a lot more real estate, uh, that's dimmed down a little bit. But, um, you know, it was sometimes a struggle to, if somebody asked questions, it was, uh, do I include God in this discussion or do I keep God out of this discussion? Will I lose this client if I bring God into this discussion? Will I offend them? And uh, it sounds like that's something you've dealt with. But for you, on the whole, this has been something that has been very, very good uh, in your walk with the Lord and also in your practice. Uh, you've found that overall people really appreciate this. Is that right?
3: It is. I think we all have to overcome fear, especially yeah. when it's going to potentially affect our bottom line and, and, and our income or our, our respect and those kind of things. And so, but, but so it is to be an integrated person, to be someone who... You know, who it's the walk of faith. It is, you know, this is what I believe, and you don't have to like me. I'm not going to push it on you. I'm not going to force it on you. But it is what I believe, and I'm not ashamed to believe it, even if the people around me are not believing it. I think it's actually very good for people, and I can show, you know, from the, you know, with the book and some other things, you know, just from the patients, they love it. You know, Mm -hmm. most of the people are so thankful. And for me to be able to bless people, when a blessing comes through you, you you benefit from that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not praying for everyone. You know, I, I want to pray for the people that that want it, but it's such a, a positive experience for, for many people. I, you know, I essentially I have to ask. Yeah. So,
2: <clears throat> you know, you you uh, teach first year medical students at UCSD. Um, I'm sure every once in a while, uh, I'm sure a lot of your students are aware of your book and your views and your faith. And uh, do you ever have um, young student, young, young medical students who ask you, hey, uh, how should I go about doing this? Is this something that's important? I have that, that they have their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a young medical doctor and I'm just curious, you know, him listening to the show. What advice would you give him as he's uh, starting out and so forth?
3: Well, a lot of people ask me, but but there's no Formula. I think mm-hmm. in medicine, of course, we're, we're, we're memorizing formula after formula. So people want a formula. Who do you pray for and who do you not? And that's where I'd say a sensitivity to the spirit of God. I, like I said, I don't pray for everyone. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't pray for
2: everyone. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, you know, some, he, he walked right by. And so I, I want to be careful if I have to check a box that says, did I pray for this one? If I'm not feeling that there's a, a leading or that this person's receptive to that. Yeah. Uh, now, before surgery... You know, if I have a, essentially a formula, I may say, look, a lot of people do like this. The research shows that uh, many people want prayer before their surgery. If that's something you would like, you can ask me for that before your surgery. Mm. You know, I want to make sure you, you know, after, and and by asking them that, of course, you have to be ready for them to ask you, well, well what do you believe?
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: And I generally don't bring that up unless somebody asks me.
2: Now, do you ever have... uh? Uh, you know, people who seek you out specifically because they, they know you do pray? Absolutely. Yeah. Of course,
3: yes, sure. People have read the book or they get online and see, yeah.
2: And they're, they're just like, wow, this is what I need. I need this, uh, the spiritual side of this as well.
3: I think people appreciate being seen as a whole person. They appreciate having the spiritual side because it, there's more than just the prayer before surgery. Obviously, mm. I'm, I'm asking them about their, their spiritual life, their relationships, their uh, emotional life because that affects our health much more than than people realize or or want to think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about that too, because uh, there's so much research in in my understanding being done right now that has to do with the relationship between what's happening in the brain and then how we, how we live our lives. Um, I believe it's Dr. Ammon, uh, is one of the guys that's a special specialist in the brain and the the neural pathways and, and, and so forth. And, um, we talked a little bit about this off the air, but I wanted to get into this. Uh, you were talking about the default um, position that people have. What's going on inside their brain when, when uh, they're not thinking something specifically?
3: Right, right. Which is, I believe, the reason that when people get into their car, they immediately, you know, turn the radio on. Yeah, get come home, TV comes on right away. The default mode of the brain is something that for years we didn't know it was happening, but then people started having these fmri functional mri scans scanning people and having them essentially think about nothing and what, what happens do you do when that? you start essentially yeah. daydreaming what okay, happens when okay. you daydream yeah you know what do you start thinking about and yeah. it really comes down to three categories the first is called self-referential processing how am i doing um is it hot or cold in here is um basically what do people think of me uh I wonder what that person, so if you've ever had an interview with a, you know, a, um, talk to your boss or something, you come away from the conversation and your thought is, I wonder what they're thinking about me right yeah. now. Right? <laughs> That's a big part of this self-referential process. Yeah, and yeah. the second thing uh, is a social commentary. I wonder how I stack up. You know, am I taller than this guy? Do, you know, he needs to lose, she needs to lose some weight. <laughs> you know, I need to lose some weight. That's that so car, funny. You know, would you, that car is nicer than mine. they have got a Jaguar. I'm driving this old thing. How come this is happening? Hey, let me into your lane. You know, this constant, it's almost torment because we're comparing ourselves, you know, constantly, and we usually focus on the negative, how we don't stack up. Wow. You know, oh, I need to lose some weight. Oh, I, you know, that person has a nicer house than me. Oh, I can't believe they got the job and I didn't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a pretty negative commentary.
2: And this is kind of just uh, in the background, just
3: constantly buzzing Every time we see another person, it'll happen in church. It'll happen on the highway. It'll happen, you know, almost constantly. We're thinking, I wonder what, I wonder how they think about me. And then again, I wonder how I'm stacking up. Um, Third thing is we do, it's called time travel. Oh, I can't believe I did that 10 years ago. I missed, I missed, you know, I should have been in Microsoft years ago. (laughs) You know, or we're going into worry into the future, time travel. So Mm -hmm. between the worry, the regrets, the regrets, Comparing ourselves negatively and then wondering what people think of us. This is what is constantly flowing through your mind, these thoughts. Oh, it's
2: no wonder people are obsessed with entertainment and getting their minds off themselves, right? Trying to find something else
3: to think about. And and I think why we're always staring at our cell phones, Mm -hmm. trying to text. As soon as you focus, the default mode goes away. Huh. So if we can, you know, every time you hear a ding on your phone, that's why you sort of love to check it, because you get to stop the torment. Oh gosh. <laughs> but we can change it with depending what we feed our mind on. And that's what I like to talk with about. Yeah, yeah. Segment.
2: We're gonna be coming right back here. I'm with Dr. David Levy. He is a, a neurosurgeon and uh, he wrote a book called Gray Matter. It is fantastic. It does not read like something written by a doctor. This is not some medical textbook. Um, So I highly recommend it. It's got tons of stories. There's so much where you just don't want to put it down. You just want to keep reading because uh, there's some other uh, very interesting point coming up. So uh, it's Gray Matter. That's uh, www.drdlevy.com. We'll be right back.
4: Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart.
0: Not all home inspections are created equal. Experience matters. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. So call before you buy or sell and protect your investment. Call 619 660 7866 or online at san diego.housemaster.com. Home inspections done right. Guaranteed. Six one nine six six zero seventy eight sixty six.
2: Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're glad you're here. You're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego, and we're here every single Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. Now, this is the second Sunday in, the, in a row I've had Dr. David Levy on the show with me here, and uh, He is an expert on the brain. He's a neurosurgeon, uh, tons of experience, tons of credentials, uh, endorsed by Ben Carson himself. Uh, Who knows? Maybe Dr. Levy will be a presidential candidate in the future. You never know. Uh, So we were talking about the impact uh, that the brain is its default mode is constantly this thinking, uh, oftentimes very negative thinking where we're comparing ourselves to other people. We're thinking about the past should have done that better. We're worrying about the future. Uh, just this constant barrage of worry and anxiety that seems to be so prevalent in our society. And Dr. Levy was talking about how, uh, this is why a lot of people go back to their cell phone constantly just to stop this constant barrage of information in the brain. But, uh, that's not a healthy thing. Uh, so, so what's the solution here? Uh, if if cell phones aren't the solution, but actually are part of the problem, what do we what do we need to do?
3: Yeah, so the cell phones sort of like a quick fix, a bit of a band aid. It, it makes us feel better initially, just like any kind of electronics. It's there, there. It's a stimulus, and it takes our mind off that uh, that negativity. So like a two-year-old who's sort of having a a tantrum. They think they need more stimulation, more television. They actually need to go to bed, Mm, mm -hmm. which is not what they want, not what they think will help. So the answer actually is to give the mind a rest, and and God calls it a Sabbath. He says, for 24 hours, I want you to stop whatever you usually do to stimulate yourself, making money or um, doing business, and I want you to stop. Well, now— I believe it has to do with electronics. If we need to take an electronic Sabbath. Mm. So I take 24 hours, you know, and I usually follow the original Sabbath Friday night to Saturday night because, you know, Sunday oftentimes is a busy day for me. Or if I'm on call, I can't do it. But I try to take that 24 hours, shut my phone off, do not check my email and stop the stimulation that I usually get from that. And that sort of resets, I would say, your joy pathways. Because joy or happiness in the brain is a, it's a, it's a circuit. It's a pleasure circuit and it gets stimulated by video, by video games, by, um, uh, the text messaging, by, um, electronics, by, you know, all very stimulating things, billboards and to cut that stimulus out of your life for 24 hours helps to reset your joy threshold, so that. A smile of a friend, a flower, a sunset. You don't need a YouTube video anymore uh, to make you joyful or
2: happy. I see what you're saying. Okay, this makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Uh, so essentially what you're saying is that that Sabbath, what it does is it lowers the threshold. So it, it's, it's that whole when somebody uh, does a drug, they need more and more and more to get the same high. And what you're saying is that these things that we don't typically consider drugs are actually acting in a kind of a drug-like way where they're giving you a high. And if you don't, if you don't take a, a pause from that,
3: it's it, you, 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 you need more and more and more. It becomes this cycle. Like Yeah, anyone who doesn't think these are addicting, just try not to check your cell phone for a while. Or if you forget it. I mean, I mean, most of us, I think they even describe a social or an anxiety disorder and, in, in uh, women that have lost their cell phone. It is a, it's such a panic for, for a lot of people that it's, it's, it creates great anxiety. And so I notice it every time I take a Sabbath that mm. I, I start to twitch when I walk by my computer. I want to, <laughs> I, I just want to check and you re, and even go through a bit of a depression
2: yeah, for a yeah. few
3: hours because it's like a fast. Essentially it is a fast and and God wants us to fast from things that are starting to control us. And if you don't think it's controlling you, then, you know, put it aside for a day and see Uh, see how, how you do.
2: Yeah. I just watched a video on this at school because, you know, the kids are obsessed with it. You know, you have families that they sit down to dinner and everybody's on their cell phone and you know, uh, they, they were talking about this and they actually did a, uh, they, they did a challenge for a bunch of college students. They said, we want you to put your phone away for 24 hours. Let's see if you can do it. And it was something like 70% of the people said they couldn't do it. They just dropped out of the study because they were like, some people were like, "Uh, uh, this has been the worst experience of my whole life. Wow.
3: I, I,
2: I was like, is this for real? That, that's seriously, that's a problem.
3: <laughs> but but I think we, it starts with us. And, yeah. and, you know, you you find parents who can't believe that their, you know, one-year-old or two-year-old is looking at their phone. Well, it's because you're always checking it. They're yeah. just looking at you. Yeah, and we're so, modeling
2: that behavior. You know,
3: we are addicted and we don't, we're afraid to, to admit it. But it is... It, and it, it's made to be addicting. All these apps, all these video games—they, you know, new levels. It is—it is very powerful neurologically, addicting.
2: Wow, that—that that is a very important message. Um, on a, I wanted to talk also with you, Doctor Levy. You talked about, um, you know, you talk about faith in the brain and how uh, it, faith impacts the brain. We've talked a little bit about with your patients how it lowers anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, are there? Are there any other um, ways that faith impacts the brain that, that you've studied that you can share with our, our listeners that would encourage them um, insights that you know they're not going to get every day that would really help them to start going in a new direction? I mean, the Sabbath thing is fantastic, but uh, are there other things also?
3: Yeah, just taking you know, if you can't take twenty four hours, a, f- a few hours, something, yeah. something different, something different that you do, uh, uh, walks in nature, things like that, touching some trees. There are some things that you can do that can help reset your threshold for what gives you joy.
2: Okay, I'd yeah. like to
3: talk uh, just ahead. also about you know, the the your brain's like a garden. I mean, essentially, what you choose to focus on, uh, that on which you set your attention, really does form your brain, basically like a garden, what the attention is like water. You start to grow that area. So if you have a steady stream of, you know, television, videos, movies, um, uh, YouTube videos, whatever it is that is that are not necessarily healthy, you, you will be growing that portion of your brain. Your belief system can actually change depending on what you choose to focus. Every hyperlink you click on you are making a choice. In fact, probably the most valuable thing uh, about you right now is where you choose to put your attention moment by moment. And it is a very highly contested, sought-after um, uh, device, or, or essentially it's economic, but people want your attention. And so before you click on that link, uh, think to yourself, You know, is this really what I want to do, or am I just doing this to stimulate myself? Is it time- I mean, have you ever been on the computer when you know you're not getting anything done, but you can't get off mm. because it's that it's that two year old who won't go to bed because you think you need more stimulation, but you actually need less. You need to stop it.
2: Wow, that, you know what's interesting is a lot of the Ten Commandments we we put a whole lot of value on them. Uh, you know, thou shalt mur- not murder, thou shalt not steal, don't don't lie, uh, don't have any graven images before me. But then it comes to the Sabbath. And, uh, you know, we kind of put that one back to the, you know, back on the end, we say, Hey, that was for then, or, you know, that was for their time. That's not really applicable to us. And, and we're just working, 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 working. And, uh, but what you're saying really makes a lot of sense. And to, it, it actually takes you away from a lot of things that are really important. I wanted to read this scripture for our listeners out there. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, it says, keep your heart with all vill- vill- uh, vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. And, uh, that's a powerful text there's so many texts in the Bible on the mind uh there's another one one of my favorite scriptures it says uh be transformed by the renewing of your mind it's romans twelve two and uh that that you may be able to discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect um when you are studying the brain uh you know as you've you've um brought together the the Bible your faith and your neuropsychology, your, your, uh, uh, study of the brain. Have you seen a lot of uh, truths in scripture come to the surface? Um, I, I, we're on a break here. So when we come back, Dr. David Levy, will answer that question. Uh, the interaction between the brain and scripture. So, uh, we'll be right back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We've been given a call.
1: Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family owned. Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores,
4: both right across the street at Main and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com.
1: There's got to be more
2: than going back and forth, from doing right to doing wrong, because we were taught that's who we are. Well, Welcome on. to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego. You can stream the show live at am1170theanswer.com, and my website is educateforlife.org. I've got all kinds of uh, uh, blog posts and articles and videos and podcasts. You can see all the uh, the recordings we have. If you didn't, if you missed Dr. David Levy last week, um, you can check in there for a recording. It's on the YouTube channel and also on the podcast. And I just want to uh, plug his website, drdlevy.com. He has a fantastic book and tons of articles on his website. Also, uh, his book is Gray Matter and uh, can't recommend it highly enough, uh, Dr. Levy. Um, I wanted to let you answer this question. When you read scripture I mean as a, as a somebody who's an expert on the brain I'm sure things pop out to you that wouldn't pop out to the average person uh, what do you see there that is uh, you know that you can you're like whoa that is very true what the, what's saying what being said there
3: well the things that we've seen to actually change the brain one of the things is is meditation and a lot of people are, are wary of meditation because it's used in a lot of Eastern religions but the Bible talks about meditation eighteen times uh, and you know, essentially, essentially it means to, 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 to meditate, to fix yourself. Now, a lot of people say, well, I, I can't meditate. Well, so I always say, well, have you ever worried about anything? And, and they say, oh, yeah, I've, well, that's meditation. Going, oh, you're meditating on the wrong face. <laughs> so we know, we know what meditation is in the negative, but most of us uh, don't. So that tells you what it actually is in the positive, going over and over something positive, something that will have a positive effect on your mind.
2: I love that. That is really a good point. Because I've talked to quite a few people who will, who will say that very thing, but they're very, they worry a whole lot, but uh, they would never call that meditation. <laughs> That's so interesting.
3: <laughs> so we all know how to meditate. So so a verse like, be still and know that I am God. So take something simple, um, or you can take something a little more complex. But the simpler it is, the more it requires you to focus on the words and what, might be, uh, what God might be saying to you through that passage. Um, so, you know, there are a number of them in, uh, in Scripture that, that you, can, uh, you can meditate on. Great is thy faithfulness. Um, uh, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, take, a, take something that grabs you, that you feel is for you now, and then instead of just reading through it, uh, try to sit with it for a bit. Now, what you're going to notice is that your mind is going to wander but part of the, it's like strengthening a muscle. As you mm. keep bringing your mind back to the verse, back to, and the verse needs to have meaning. It's important that the verse has meaning. A lot of types of meditation uh, don't particularly have meaning. And I think that, that decreases the, the value of it. But we've shown changes in the brain for those who meditate. Um, 12 minutes a day for six to eight weeks, they will see actually changes in the brain. Your brain will start to become more healthy. Wow. We'll stop a lot of that. Uh, uh, busyness of the brain, you'll start to have what we call the executive control center, the front areas of the brain, which is giving you more self-control. Mm. So that
2: the- That is amazing. And I mean, for our culture, what our culture is going through right now with the stimulation, that's all over the place. Uh, this is needed like never before. I mean, uh, the biblical mandate to meditate, to rest, to uh, get out of these cycles, these loops, like you said, where you're uh, becoming addictive or what or addicted to something in particular, uh, it's critical.
3: And we do tend to meditate on negative things, or like I said, the default mode on, mode on what's going wrong mm. or, or the future, what's going to happen um, or how I don't measure up. The other thing that's important in meditation is, you know, we've got some verses that say meditate. Um, I meditate on all that you have done. This is in the Psalms typically. Um, You know, David talking about God. I meditate on all you've done, pondering the work of your hands. Um, On your wondrous works, I meditate. So what has God done for you? And, you know, typically, we quickly go on to what we need to worry about. And we don't meditate on the prayer that God has just answered or answered last year. And and that is a big problem. So we mostly focus on what God hasn't done. And we don't spend times meditating. And I, I recommend this when... You know, I go for a walk in the evening, typically um, a couple of times a week and I will stop and say, okay, I need to savor this moment. There's a cool breeze blowing. Uh, you know, there's a nice tree. God, thank you for tonight. Thank you that I live in San Diego. Thank you. You know, and start thinking that I have legs to walk and sitting with each of those for at least 10 seconds. See, even when we get thankful, we'll quickly be one or two seconds. Yeah. but as you sit with it for 10 to 12 seconds now your brain actually has a has time to start moving it into longer term storage which is now going to start changing some of those neural pathways
2: now that's what I was going to ask you about is so the default seems to be the all these negative things like we were talking about the anxiety uh, is it possible to get in a pattern where you actually gravitate towards thinking good things instead of thinking that, can you can you get into a loop or a, or a
3: like you said a neural pathway or whatever that that's more positive. You can, for most of us, it takes effort because most of us have what's called a negativity bias, Mm. which is why when it comes to election season, you see so much negativity being thrown about because basically in a five to one, you will pay five times more attention to something negative than to something positive. And the the candidates know that. Is
2: that just like
3: human nature or human nature? Typical human nature. Okay. Some people are much more positive, but they're rare people. Most of us, it's because we're always looking for what might be happening and so we focus on the negative more quickly we, we grasp that hmm. which is why in a marriage they say you need to have five positive comments before you have a yeah. negative one that's, because yeah. if, if the, those numbers fall even for businesses below three to one you're going to start losing people Wow you know hmm. that's a, ve- a very pow- powerful negative effect we need th- between three to one and five to one positive negative because of this negativity bias. So it actually takes a lot of work Um, to focus on
2: the positive.
3: I mean, one of the things I suggest people do is something I call a a gratitude grab that you could start thanking God uh, first thing in the morning. Typically, if I I try to journal, that's another positive aspect of getting uh, difficulty praying. So I, I journal if I'm having trouble focusing on God. One of the things I would do also is set a chair in front of me. It helps my neural pathways. I'm a very logical person yeah. and not, uh, you know, very um, touchy-feely, I guess, like a lot of people would just sense God's presence. I, I don't. I set a chair in front of me or sometimes three chairs. Um, and I want to interact with God that way as if God were real. He is real. He's But I I need to help my brain to to make that more real.
2: I see what you're saying, huh? That's really interesting.
3: Um, Yeah. That gratitude grab, let me just say one more thing. Yeah. And I I say that sometimes I will start to write things and I will write it as if, if I didn't thank God for it, I might not have it tomorrow. That's a whole different way to think about gratitude. Yeah. Most of us take stuff for granted. uh, Most of the things in our life. Um, Oh yeah. Wait a minute. If I don't mention it, I might not have it tomorrow. Well, that's going to now motivate me, right? <laughs>
2: that's right. You're going to, that's going to make you a lot more, uh, thankful for every little thing. I mean, it's true. We don't, I have friends that are missionaries in Africa and, uh, some of the stories they share about what people, you know, have or don't have is, is pretty phenomenal. The amount of things we have that we just, we don't even think twice about it. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, My guest tonight is Dr. David Levy. His website is drdlevy.com. He's written a book, Gray Matter. It's fantastic. Um, He's also going to be out at Skyline. Uh, I think he's still uh, working out the details with uh, Dr. Don Welch, uh, our our, uh, pastoral counselor there at Skyline. And uh, so all kinds of insight and amazing things to share. We have one segment left. I want to share this quick quote. I I love this quote from uh, your book. It says, My experiences have have convinced me that spirituality is a crucial element to the well-being of a person as a whole. Moreover, if we let him, God can do powerful, supernatural things in our everyday lives. That's why I began inviting God into my consultations, exams, and surgeries. Many would be surprised that a neurosurgeon, a man of science, logic, and human progress, would be such a strong believer in God and divine intervention Yet the experiences have been nothing short of phenomenal. What a powerful statement.
0: Thank you, Dr. Levy. We'll be right back. God is changing lives on the streets of Hillcrest. And City on a Hill San Diego engages the community, talking with people, listening to them, and sharing God's love. See the stories at cityonahillsandiego.com. This is your invitation to get involved. Join them for a new worship service the second Saturday of each month at 6 p.m. at Joyce Beers Uptown Community Center. Call for details, 619-354-2511, com. Sharing faith? hope, and love. What do leading local restaurants have in common?
1: In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash & Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Main & Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover.
2: Welcome to educate for life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We are sadly on our very last segment here with Dr. David Levy, uh, Dr. Levy. I just want to say thank you again for being on the air with us. Um, it's a huge blessing and I know it's an encouragement to our listeners. And, uh, for those of you who are listening out there, you know, uh, we are talking, uh, Dr. Levy and I off air, uh, just about, you know, one of the things that people struggle with a lot, uh, there's so much going on in the brain. And it's amazing to me, the power of the brain. Uh, you know, we think usually of our muscles as being able to do things and everything, but really the driving factor in our lives of where our lives go, obviously, is our brain and I think one of the things that people make a big mistake about is um, beating themselves up over their failures. The things that, hey, I didn't do this right or I didn't do that right. I I didn't succeed in this. And, uh, you know, even somebody as as successful and as um, knowledgeable and as uh, skilled in in what he's doing, right? Um, If you were listening uh, earlier or on our previous show, uh, he talked about how one of the things that drove him to God was the fact that he had uh, performed a surgery that uh, looked like it went fantastic, but the following day, the woman passed away tragically and that was devastating for him. He said he actually wept over it, but uh, how would you, what, how would you encourage somebody who, you know, just keeps saying, I'm not good enough. I I can't do it. I can't uh, live the Christian life. I'm not worthy. Uh, what would you say to that in regards to the brain and their, their faith?
3: Well, we know that, uh, what we call self-criticism, being very critical with yourself, and that is what most of us, especially if you have a perfectionistic tendency, we we think somehow that if we if we get down on ourselves, or if we um, and we sort of feel powerful. Now, self-criticism is very interesting because when you criticize someone, you it actually makes you feel powerful. So the reason it feels good to, oh, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. I knew better than that. I've done that before. I can't, that kind of talk actually, in one hand, makes you feel powerful. So we do it because it gives us a rush of power.
2: Wow. That's so interesting. I mean, just that fact right there alone. I mean, it's not something that is intuitive, but
3: yet that makes a lot of sense. Of course, the downside of it is you're also the recipient of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. it ends. So the, the, the net result is actually not positive. It's negative. Yeah. And the research shows very clearly that um, it's self-criticism. We do it because we think if we're hard enough on ourselves, we'll never make that mistake again. But what happens is it produces shame. Mm. And when we produce shame, we generally will go back to the very addiction that we're trying to stop. So, uh, if it was you know, chocolate, pornography, uh, whatever it is that you've done that you're so ashamed of, mm. if you treat yourself with all of this self-criticism, um, tendency, you're ashamed. And when, you're, when you feel bad, you want to feel good. And when you want to feel good, you go back to your addiction. Oh, gosh. So the research shows that, that what we want to be is compassionate. Well, well actually, God is compassionate. Mm. He is not critical. He's not. Most of us get that. We think God is critical and angry because our fathers were. And that, you know, in my case, that, yeah. that's, that's true. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he's actually extremely compassionate. That's, that's one of his characteristics. He says about himself in the scriptures, I'm, I'm compassionate, slow to anger.
2: Yeah. And so, you can see it in the character of Jesus. If you just look at Jesus, follow him around. I mean, his compassion was just amazing. Uh, just so non judgmental and just reaching out to people and, I mean, the woman that he, at the well had five husbands, mm. and he points it out, but you can tell in his voice there's no condemnation at all.
3: Right. So, so oftentimes what we need to do is write ourselves a letter of self-compassion. Um, look, you're under a certain amount of pressure. The reason you've done this, you're, you're feeling bad about this. Why? What is going on in your life now that's causing you to do that? Well, we seem to do addictive behaviors when we're stressed. Mm. So let's identify them. Let's, get them. let's shine a light on them and get, get it out in the open. And as you write this letter of self-compassion, you realize, first of all, I'm not the only person who has this problem. Yeah. You know, common humanity. I'm, I'm a human. Um, I feel unique. In fact, that's what happens when we're so critical. We feel like we're the only one mm. that has made this mistake. Well, actually, a lot of people have made this mistake, whether it's a relational mistake, a physical mistake, something you ate, whatever it is. And the
2: scriptures even say that no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. You're you're right along with everybody else. We're all all there.
3: Exactly. And then then to say, you know, talk to yourself as you're writing, as if you were writing to your best friend. Mm. Because if your best friend had this problem, you would treat them with actually, oh, yeah, but, you know, look, you're, you're... you're going to get over it. You can get through this Yeah, and yeah. write yourself a letter that's positive and start giving yourself some compassion because God is. That's right. And that's, that is the, that is who, that is who God is and who he wants you to be. He's not, he
2: compassion never ends. I mean, he, they, they asked him, Hey, how many, how many times should I forgive somebody who sins against me? And 70 times seven, you don't ever stop. You just keep going.
3: And so even with yourself and, so, and the research shows that if you're self compassionate, the chances that you will be able to break your habit is much higher.
2: That's fantastic.
3: Not what you'd think logically, but that's what the research shows. And and that's what the Bible would back up.
2: Yeah. The freedom, the freedom to fail and know that somebody is going to continue to love you Mm -hmm. causes you to love them more and to be free to, to move forward. Okay. It's, it's, it's weird how it's like that, but it's so true. And it's all over the Bible, you know?
3: And and it's important to talk to God about how you're feeling. So as you're writing a letter of self-compassion, you can you know, even start talking. You know, to God about it, because you, you know, look, yeah. this is how are you feeling about this, and start the dialogue. Because yeah. prayer is actually not easy, Kevin. I mean, a lot of people assume that prayer is easy, should be easy. Look, it's not easy. It's talking to another person. I can see their their eyes, their facial gestures, their yeah. their hand gestures. Like, how are they? How my how are my words landing on them? Mm-hmm. Well, prayer is removed from all of that. Generally speaking, for most of us, there is no emotion that we're getting, yeah, or no feedback, no instant feedback that yeah. we're getting, and so, for the brain, that's a big jump, and so a lot of times for me I, I am using a journal, I am writing my prayers, in fact, I'll write a question, put a question mark there, and then I'll listen to see if if something moves in my spirit or if as I read the scripture or something is something God trying to say to me mm-hmm. and make it like a real relationship, but be prepared. And don't be hard on yourself that this is harder than talking to another person.
2: Yeah, so if you don't immediately, you know, pray for whatever, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, don't beat yourself over it. Have, have compassion for yourself.
3: Your mind wanders, you can, you can bring it back. And that's mm-hmm. where writing my prayer seems to help. Um, singing is also very, very healthy for the brain. You know, sing the songs that have truth and lyrics that you want to believe. Be very careful what you're singing because songs... Go in sort of to the right side of the brain, where they kind of slide under the logic center, and but they do influence very powerfully. What wow, you, what you sing will influence your behavior really
2: and, and that is because the, the the words are unconsciously being believed. is that what's happening, or
3: yeah and I, th- and I think we also choose songs I can just speak for myself in high school and, and college and medical school we We sing the songs that we want to be true mm we sing songs that we want to actually a lot of times to justify our own behavior. Hmm. So be, you know, be careful of the pop songs um, that, that have a lot of lyrics that are not God honoring. Yeah. That's that's going to affect your, not only your brain, but your relationship with God.
2: Yeah. Wow. That's powerful stuff, man. I wish uh, a million people could hear this uh, show because what you're sharing, I think if we heard more of this on a regular basis, uh, I think it would really dramatically affect people's lives uh, and their their relationships, their parenting, their uh, spousal relationships. Uh, it's just so, so necessary. Um, if you've been here uh, last week and this week, you know what a blessing it's been to have Dr. David Levy on the show. Thank you very much, Dr. Levy, for being on the show. And uh, again, he's probably going to be out at Skyline uh, not too long, so keep in touch uh, out there in East County. And uh, he's local here. What a treasure. And his book is uh, Gray Matter, fantastic book. His website is drdlevy.com. And, uh, you know, I, I just uh, pray a big blessing on you out there. I hope you're doing well. Please give me some feedback if this show is a blessing to you and encouragement to you. And I will see you next week.
0: God bless you. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, a regular feature on AM 1170, The Answer. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educate life.com You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, exclusively on AM 1170, the answer.
1: Bring your time and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know
3: that's not your name? You will always
2: be.